0: So the first time I heard the term respectability politics, I was in college. I want to say I was in my junior or senior year, and I was in a feminist studies class. And I heard the word, the term respectability politics, and I didn't know what that meant. And actually, respectability politics can be applied towards a lot of different things in life, whether it be racial, social, gender-based. But of course, we're on provocative, so we're gonna be talking about some uh, some respectability politics as it relates to what's gender normative. So, my teacher was discussing respectability politics, and up until that moment, I had felt pray to respectability politics Uh, what does it mean to be a respectable woman that had literally governed my life up until I was 20 21 how do I want the world to see me as a woman I don't want to be seen as a hoe so what's the opposite of that to be respectable to be worthy of honor to be on a pedestal my pussy was on a pedestal for majority of my life right so when I heard this term respectability politics and I began to do more reading and educate myself more on what it was used for it's actually used as a way to police and govern the actions of a group of people in this case women and I would not when I when I learned that I took a deep look at myself and began to reflect and I realized that I was comparing myself to all these women and walking around my nose up in the air, I'm smelling myself. I'm thinking about who I am at the age of 20. I have my own apartment. I had a car. I'm in school. And I actually look back to a lot of my Facebook posts back then and I cringe. One thing about Facebook, they're going to remind you of the person you used to be. And I read those statuses and how, arrogant and ill-informed I was like I would literally make statuses that said stuff like I'm so glad I'm not a hoe or I'm so glad I'm not this type of girl not this type of girl but why was I comparing myself to all these different types of women what I eat don't make nobody else shit right so When it comes to this idea of respectability politics and using it in a way to govern and police women in particular and kind of pit them against each other, you can't say that you're pro-women if you're only pro a certain type of woman, right? Mm. So today we're going to dissect and unpack what it means to be a respectable woman. Respectability politics, does it work? What goes into it? How a lot of us fall prey to it without even knowing it. Or also how a lot of people how a lot of us, women in particular, because we're our biggest critics, we judge each other way more than men do, whether we want to admit that or not. We're gonna get into a lot of that and dissect that in a short amount of time. So yeah, today we're gonna talk about respectability politics and we're gonna get right into the episode. It's your freak hostess Jody and you're tuned into Provocative.
1: No one knows what it means, but it's provocative.
0: I will marry a nigga off some dick, because everything else I we can work on. And I've, I have a sporadic periods of excessive masturbation. I really like how that just sounded. If I fuck you once and it's good, I'm gonna keep fucking you. Because I didn't start sucking dick until college. Blew in that man's butthole. <laughs> that, that shit is wicked. <laughs> that shit. So, first, respectability politics. It was actually a term that didn't originate until like the early 90s by a woman. She was writing, uh, she was actually a professor at uh some university, can't remember off the top of my head, but her name was Evelyn Brooks and she she used this term respectability politics to talk about Women's movement in the black church. um So that's where it started, but by definition, respectability politics is practiced as a way to police and regulate the actions and manners of a group of people, right? So again, it could be used towards race, gender, socioeconomic s- standards, uh, a lot of different aspects of life, but specifically, we're going to talk about respectability politics as it relates to women. Now, If you know anything about the feminist versus the womanist movement or even just the history of being a woman in America in particular, you know that there were years and years of reinforcement of respectability politics. If you go back to the Salem witch trials and how they determined whether or not you were practicing witchcraft, um, because before the term whore or prostitution was coined, They would just call you a witch. If you enjoyed sex too much, you would be called a witch. There are actually still civilizations and tribes around the world that still believe that. If women enjoy sex too much, they can be called a witch. Um, But all of this is years and years of programming of what it means to be a respectable woman versus not respectable, right? Because that's what it comes down to. You can interchange whole, with prostitute, with witch, with all of these things that are not considered to be socially normative, right? So um, again, respectability, politics can be defined as the belief that if you behave in this way that aligns with all of these things that society deems as good, then you're worthy of respect. You are an honorable woman and you should be married and you should have all the things that you want in life if you fit the bill, right? Everyone else is a whore. <laughs> and that's super wild, right? Because nobody, first of all, nobody is perfect. And second of all, if it kind of reinforces this idea that in order to be the best version of yourself, you just want to be, in order to be the best version of yourself, you have to be a respectable woman who gets married and you, It just, it continues to reinforce this 1960s idea of the woman, which is very unrealistic. We know as time went by, as history has played out, there are a lot of things that may have worked in the past that just doesn't work for the modern day woman. Um, A lot of the examples of respectability politics when it comes to women as well is actually close to whiteness. Like... What does it mean when you dress a certain way? We look at the workplace or even just walking down the street. You can see a woman. How do they wear their hair? How do they dress? All of these things, there is going to be what's socially normative and what's acceptable, respectable. We're going to use acceptable and respectable kind of interchangeably. What's acceptable and then what isn't acceptable? anything outside of that. We actually saw a recent example of respectability politics when Monique made that comment about black women wearing bonnets. That's another example of respectability politics, the way you present yourself to the world. Are you a respectable woman or are you wretched? Are you a thigh? Are you a hoe? Any word, that you, you either worthy of respect or not worthy of respect, Right. And a lot of people play on that. They use it as a control mechanism. They use it as a way to quiet you, to bring you down to size, to humble you. Um, It's all a power play. And that's what respectability politics is. Um, When I was in college and I began to study feminist theory, and I realized that I had fallen prey. I had literally lived the majority of my life trying to live up to this standard of being respectable that wasn't really making sense. And also, I took a look at myself to see, like, how am I treating the women around me? Am I a kind person? Am I being good to them? Or am I continuing to perpetuate these stereotypes of, okay, I'm respectable. You're not a respectable woman, so I don't want to associate myself with you. When I look deep down, Within myself, I realized that that was not the type of person that I wanted to be. I didn't want to be the type of person that literally, oh, I'm on a high horse and everyone else is beneath me because I'm not a snob. Nobody wants, like, you don't, people don't wake up and like, oh, I want to be a snob. I want to be mean to people and make them feel less than. That's not good, right? So as I began to look at myself and think about what, me learning about this this term, again, it's new to me. I feel like a lot of people don't know what respectability politics is, and they probably didn't learn it until later in life, if they were ever exposed to it. Because here's the thing, it's so deeply ingrained into our society that we don't realize that that's how we're being conditioned to think. We're being conditioned to think that you are either worthy of respect or you're not worthy of respect, right? Um, so... I'm not sure if people realize that. Like, I see a lot of examples on social media often where, and this is, let me let me kind of preface this by saying, I don't think one gender or, one gender should not tell the other gender what they should be doing. I don't believe that men should be telling women what to do. I don't think women should be telling men what to do. I do think that that is a more intimate conversation that you need to have with your partner as to what works with you. That said, all throughout social media, every day we see the pointing of fingers. We see men telling women that, oh, I hate this generation of women because they don't do this and they don't do that and that is why I don't respect them. And then you have women that say, well, men don't do this and they don't do that and that is why I don't respect them you guys are continuing to fall prey to respectability politics without even realizing it. And again, it's not healthy because it helps nobody, right? So when you are continuing to point the figure, finger at someone else and making them feel bad about things that they probably enjoy that are just their true nature, that's not helpful, Right? Um, a lot of times you have to meet people where they are and nurture good behavior. And uh, just because it doesn't align with what's social normative does not mean that it is bad behavior. People oftentimes polarize to things that probably can live in harmony with a little finesse, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but respectability politics looks like a simulation, that's what it is. It means, like, do you fit in with what society is telling you to do? Um, are you being a good example? Are you are you walking in a way that aligns closely with what people see as proper, as good, as the correct way to live? Um, does it align with the American dream? We know that, based on your background, your upbringing, that dream may look different. What's good and proper may look different from you and for you, and that is okay. It is nothing wrong with that. oftentimes, I think people kind of beat themselves up when they don't assimilate but and thank God for the rebels um <laughs> I actually uh Yeah, thank God for the rebels, because you have people that want to assimilate and they want to fit in, and then you have people that literally do not care. The people that do not care to assimilate are typically considered hoes or non respectable But it's through those rebels that we're able to take a close look at what's not working and then try to find other ways to make things work better, Uh, whether it be the way in which we handle women. And I don't even really like to say handle, but how do you how do you operate around women? Oftentimes, and I'll go back to this social media example of men telling women what to do and women telling men what to do. What I found, what I found in my circle of the people that I keep around me is that I'm around a lot of guys that are naturally protective. I didn't have to tell them to protect me. It's just innate in how they want to move and how they view women. And then I have women that are nurturers. They display that nurturing ability in a lot of different ways, but I've never really saw any of the guys around me tell them, you need to do this. So I think it's more so when you surround yourself with certain types of energies, your dominant energy is going to shine through. So, As a woman, if you want to be soft around a particular man, it's going to happen naturally because of how that man acts. You don't have to conform to some societal norm to be seen as respectable. It'll just kind of naturally happen. Same thing with men. Um, When you're around certain types of energy, you're just going to be protective of it. You know what it is that you need to do as a man. So, It kind of just starts with you when you look inside yourself and you say, like, you know, this is the type of person I want to be. And I think when I started evaluating respectability politics, I realized that I wanted to be a certain type of person when it came to being around men and being around women. Oftentimes we hear women say stuff like, oh, I don't have a lot of female friends. I don't I can't be friends with women. And a woman that can't be friends with another woman, I kind of raise my eyebrows at that because why? What is it about your energy that is preventing you from developing a connection with this person? Is it because you see yourself as one way and you see them as opposite? Are you worthy of respect and they're not? How do you, what's your proximity to your own? woman feminine energy and then what does that look like in the presence of other women um
1: I have a question for you yes Thought so what do you feel in how it relates for respectability politics and safety so I know we don't want to be handled or judged or be told what to do as a woman right but how do you think like in this modern day you know a lot of we real free now, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So how do you think respectability politics relates to like being safe? Like, does it um maybe dim a level of all out there or kinda holding this kinda dim it down because it could be a safety precaution, you know what I mean? I think
0: it's I think respectability politics can be a double edged sword. It can hurt you. While also like it'll, it seems like it's helping you, but it's hurting you Mm -hmm. in the same sense. So if we take, because respectability politics kind of can be a slippery slope, and it can get into victim blaming, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you think about how Mm -hmm. women dress, and people say, "Well, if you didn't dress that way, then Mm -hmm. people would treat you differently." Mm -hmm. What? Are you sure? Right. Um. So. While some people use it, again, it's a way to police and govern mm-hmm. things. Now, policing and govern thi- governing things are not – you. there are certain things you can police and govern, and it'll be beneficial. Mm-hmm. But it could also have some harm to it, especially when you're overly policing and overly governing right. something. So that's what it comes down to. I think that if we – just approached it in a way that does this work for me? Does this genuinely mm-hmm. work for the lifestyle that I want to live? Of self, of, the of yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't just say all women should be like this right. because then you'll be respected. No, that's not true. Right. We know that not to be true. Respectability politics don't work in that way. Are there some aspects of resp- respectability politics that are? beneficial only if that's the type of lifestyle you want Mm -hmm. to live I think that's the answer so if you want to be someone if you genuinely in your heart of hearts say you know what I just want to be a stay at home Mm -hmm. mom and I met my husband when I was 15 and I've never had sex with anybody else and this is the person I know that I want to live with for the rest of my life if that is genuinely Mm -hmm what it is that you feel, then respectability politics will have more benefits. It than will
1: align to you exactly. as an individual.
0: But don't force respectability mm-hmm. politics to fit into your lifestyle if it doesn't right. work. And don't allow people to impose respectability politics on you or make you feel bad about your choices because they have fallen prey or succumbed to respectability politics. Exactly.
1: That's the imagery of what type of woman you should be to respect to be respected
0: by humanity. Right, exactly. And then also surround yourself with people that you can have a healthy dialogue with and mm-hmm. figure out what works for you. I don't believe that a lot of models work mm-hmm. effectively. People want to talk about, oh, our grandparents, their relationships were better. First of all, you cannot compare apples to oranges we experienced different things in our lifetime that our grandparents were not. Mm -hmm. They were marrying for different reasons. Absolutely. Not all the time was it love. Because here's the thing, if they was marrying for love and there was no infidelity, Grandpa Earl wouldn't have a whole second family on the other side of town. So we know (laughs) that things were not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not true. But we have this idea that We want to make it seem as though our generation is so bad, just so bad for whatever reason. I I literally I want to say today I saw at least four statuses just today. And I wasn't even on social media that long today. Mm -hmm. That said, I hate this generation of women. They do this Mm -hmm. and they do that. That's wild. That's like super wild to me. Why can't you appreciate the change that's taking place and be open-minded as to how you could fit into that, right? Nothing is ever going to stay the same, Mm -hmm. so change with the times. Figure out, and I I tell people all the time, you got to date in your lane anyway, so find somebody that aligns with you. Don't try to force your politics on other people. Get to know them and figure out if it makes sense. If you know that you are looking for a more open-minded or liberal partner, then, yeah, when it comes down to it, if you know you have a colorful past and you want somebody to accept all of that without hiding it, Mm because here's the thing, too. Oftentimes with respectability politics, it's not necessarily that you are a hoe, but it's the perception of you being a hoe. Absolutely. Because it don't really matter what you do with your coochie. It's about what people think you do (laughs) with your coochie because of how vocal you are. Mm -hmm. Like, oftentimes, people say, oh, Jody a hoe. She always talking that hoe shit. And I'm like, okay. That just means, like, that's literally all you can say about me?
1: What else?
0: I don't feel any way about it because I've taken that word and I've made it Mm -hmm. work for me Mm -hmm. versus somebody else that, oh, well, I'm not this, I'm not that. Or you're going to lie and hide stuff. It's a lot of women that lie and hide stuff instead of living in their truth and embracing who they are. Yeah, I did it. Now what? Mm -hmm. Versus someone that, oh, I still want to be seen as respectable, so I'm not going to tell this guy that the baby might not be his, Or I'm not going to tell this guy that I fucked somebody last night. And, you know, it's a lot of things that you're going to hide. Mm Um. And it goes both ways, of course, because me and I too. But yeah, I think respectability politics on a in a lot of ways just hurts us mm-hmm. more because we're not living in our truth. If you are trying to live to this standard of what's socially normative, here's the thing. If you are a woman of color, you are already working against what's socially normative. Right. You are hmm. already working against what's considered the standards of beauty, which is super wild, and I don't want to get all the way into Mm -hmm. it, but y'all know it's super wild. It's harder for us as is. It's almost like you're just trying to live up to something that you're never going to be accepted for regardless Mm -hmm. of what you do. So if they're going to call you a hoe anyway, if they're going to call you all of these negative things anyway, figure out what works for you and just do that. Exactly.
1: I got one last question before we wrap it up. Do you think the friends you hung out with cuz I think it's hard to find out what type of woman is like, "Oh, I like this" or "Oh, this is respectable" and if you don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you were raised a certain way, you're going to think like, "Oh, I don't want to be this type of girl." I don't but when you are around people that's like, "Wait, She's not really a hoe. If she moves like this, she enjoys her space, and it kind of opens that up for you. So if you're only around people that are like you, that's the only yeah. norm you can yeah. have. It's,
0: yeah, it's almost like you experience culture shock when people think differently or mm-hmm. move differently than mm-hmm. you. And, of course, I said it early in the episode, I had fallen prey to respectability politics unknowingly. Mm-hmm. My mother had been with my stepdad at the time since I was like 10 months. Mm-hmm. So for majority of my life, that was the only man that I had seen her with. Of course, I knew that she was obviously with my dad prior to that. Right. But even in knowing that, my mom would say stuff like, oh, I waited until I was 18 to lose my virginity. Mm-hmm. Her making a conscious choice to share that information with me was Again, reinforcing this idea of respectability politics because you should wait till you're 18 because then you're grown. Yeah. Anybody that has sex prior Prior to to that age, that's not respectable, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that working against you. A lot of the things that people unconsciously share with Mm -hmm. you feeds into a lot of ideas that, oh, how many times have we heard, oh, you don't want to be a baby mama? Mm -hmm. You don't want to have... You, you don't want to have a baby if you're not married, married to this person. We hear all the time the negative connotations with being a baby mama, respectability politics. Because here's the thing you could take a woman that gets married, and then you take a woman that isn't married, they both get pregnant, they both raising that kid by themselves. Mm-hmm. What difference did it really make? Yeah. Right? So we hear all the time about people that are literally married and they're alone. Mm hmm. I'm not going to force myself into a long-term situation just to be seen as respectable. Right. I'm not happy though. I'm miserable. So, figure out what works for you and do it because people going to talk shit anyway. Mm-hmm. People going to talk shit anyway. So, um we talked about a lot as it relates to respectability politics. We talked about how it's used, where it comes from, my personal experience with it. I hope that you guys learned something. (laughs) You learned something. I'll count that as a job well done. But, yeah, respectability politics doesn't work. It doesn't work. We are way past the age where respectability politics works in our favor. It doesn't. Don't allow someone to impose their ideas of who you should be onto you. It's okay to have a dialogue with someone. And if you guys don't align, then keep it pushing. But, again, figure out what works for you, the type of person you want to be, the type of woman, man that you want to be, and surround yourself with people that illuminate your light. Because the light already there, you know? So... Yeah, on that note, we're going to get up out of here. Before you go, I want to remind you to embrace your inner hoe. Thank you for tuning in to Provocative, and don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms. Happy hoeing. P-R-H-O-E-V-O-C-A-T-I-V-E. Spell with the wire hoe because deep down, we all got some hoe in us. And this is your safe space to be unapologetically provocative. too masculine? you put the nigga in missionary, and yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>